2: Well, it's no accident we chose "Green Green Grass of Home" to talk about the Timberwolves with our guy uh, Johnny Krasinski from the Athletic. Uh, of course, in this uh, great uh, country song, Johnny, uh, the guy is actually walking to the gallows, so uh, and they're taking they're taking him home to bury him under the tree. And uh, uh, you know, the Timberwolves have been here for 29 seasons. They've uh, been in the playoffs. Now the ninth time, and this is the unhappiest their fans have ever been. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. They, you know, they they haven't been here since two thousand four. They won sixteen more games than last year, and everyone wants to jump out of a twentieth story window. you know, maybe that maybe that uh, song is uh, is apropos because I think a lot of wolves fans are a little bit worried that they're coming home to slaughter here. So we'll see. I mean. I think they're going to put up a fight. But uh, yeah, it, it, the angst in Wolves' land is real and strong, that's for sure.
2: Well, what is amazing is, uh, you know, I don't think anyone is surprised that they got beat twice in Houston. The surprise is Houston didn't really play well in either game. The first game, the only guy that played well was Harden. And the second game, uh, Harden goes two for 18, and you still get beat.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a real problem, Patrick. When you talk about the depth of the Rockets, and you know Gerald Green can hit four threes against you, and Chris Paul can have a good game, and they they don't need to be hitting on all cylinders. I mean, that's what Mike D'Antoni said right after Game Two. He said, uh, you know, I don't think we, we I think we can still turn it up a notch or two, and that's that's the scary thing for a team that just was coming off of a of a twenty point win, and that really does tell you too that they really needed to get that Game One, you yes. know, because. Uh, they they had They were in position. the rockets were not playing well and If they could have stolen that one, it would have been big because you know that sooner or later the deluge is coming, and so when you get that opportunity you You have to take it, or else it uh it can be over pretty quickly,
2: yeah, and I thought they played well that night i i did yeah, i I know had- everybody was upset about towns not getting shots, and uh, you know Charles went off, and everybody jumped on that bandwagon, but you know rose was okay they they played pretty well teague played well they uh you know they they played okay that game, and they 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 played well i I kind of thought it was the best they got. And, uh, of course, game two, they were terrible. Uh, Houston shot
0: 36%. Yeah, still won by 20. The, I mean, and that's what we've run into here with when you look at the Wolves' Rockets over the regular season. Uh, Houston shot terribly, but they shot 52 threes. Yes. So if you shoot uh, enough of them, even if you shoot only 30% from three like they did, you still make enough of them when the Wolves are only making four or five to run away with the thing. You know, um, they shot poorly, but they rebounded well, and then they, and then they just shot enough to, to pull away. And that's the real problem that the Wolves find themselves running into. Not only will the Rockets keep shooting and shooting and shooting no matter what, if they, if they make or miss, but the Wolves can't hit three-pointers to hang with them. I mean, you're seeing the Rockets' defense give Towns a lot of problems because they can double off of those shooters – on the perimeter without even have to even think about Derrick Rose or Crawford or Wiggins hitting those threes to make him to make him pay for it. They did, the Wolves are so far seem incapable of doing that.
2: Johnny, I, uh, the first game, throw the ball into Carroll in the post, that was the whole angle. Well as soon as they do, he was gonna get doubled, don't you think? Yep. I mean oh, yeah. and, well, I mean they yeah. didn't care who was behind him because somebody was going to be in front of him as soon as they threw the ball to him if they would have thrown it to him in the post.
0: Yeah, 100%. What what the Rockets are are telling the Wolves is um, we, it, it, we if Derrick Rose or Jamal Crawford or even Andrew Wiggins or Jeff Teague goes off for 33 points and beats us, we're going to shake your hand and say, good job. But we're not going to let Carl Anthony Towns get going. And we're also going to make it harder on Jimmy Butler, too. And so it, 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 you know, Patrick, in the playoffs, even more – so then, the regular season, you need your stars. Like, you, you know, there are no Mark Lemkes that, you know, kind of carry a team to a championship. <laughs> yes, right. it's, it's LeBron, and it's uh, Steph Curry and Durant, and and it's James Harden, and it's got to be, if the Wolves have a chance, it's got to be Butler and Towns, and the Rockets know that, and so they're doing everything they can to take those two away because they don't believe that any of the other guys um, can can go ahead and beat them.
3: Johnny is their only chance to even like compete with Houston is to just try and match them with the three-point shooting. I mean, the wolves are not as good a three-point shooting team as the Rockets, but the Rockets did not have for as many threes as they shoot. They don't, they didn't have one guy in the roster this year, shoot 40% from three yet. Dan Tony doesn't care. He's like, we're going to throw up as many threes as possible. And it seems like the Wolves, their only real chance is if they try and match that, even if it, even if they're not a great shooting team themselves.
0: Yeah, Manny. Yeah, yeah, I think you're onto something there. Um, I, what I have been encouraged about, if, if you're looking at it from, uh, trying to find good things for the Wolves in this first two games is that they held the Rockets to, what, 104 and 102 points. And so the, the, the notion that, their really bad defense was just going to get shredded by the rockets and for 125 points you know isn't necessarily the case so i don't even know that they have to make you know 15 or 23s to beat the rockets but they just got to make like 9 or 10 you know um and 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 so i i think that you're shooting at home with the crowd behind them you figure that you might have a chance to get some confidence going and, And knock a few more of them down, but they they certainly can't go through these games making three or five or you know going you know four for fifteen when the Rockets are going sixteen for fifty two. It just that that just doesn't work. There, Wiggins is going to have to hit some. I think Towns is going to have to hit some, and you know Teague, all these guys, and just get get up into that eight to eleven range. Then I think you can have a chance to be in it.
2: Okay, running Carl to the t- line, running him out of the out of the lane. There, are they trying to uh, create enough space for Teague to get in there and and do some things to give some? Is that what they're trying to do? Give Teague some space to get around a guy and then see what happens.
0: Yeah, that's what they're doing, Patrick. And and the other thing that they're trying to exploit there, or or see if they can get going, is Towns is their best three point shooter. You know, he shoots forty two percent from three this year. And Belly shoots 41, but he never plays. So, um, really, beyond that, I think Teague is at 36%, and that's okay. And then the rest of them are 33% or, or below. So, so in, in, in some ways, yeah, as crazy as it sounds, they need that seven-footer out there to shoot some threes and be a threat and, and extend that defense and see if they can open it up for Teague, for Butler going to the basket because he's not a three-point sniper, for Wiggins to go to the basket. Because just, there's no respect that the Rockets' defense has for anybody else out there on the floor beyond the three-point line than Carl Towns.
2: So uh, it has always driven me crazy about the NBA, and, and Manny brought this up uh, uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, when Scottie Pippen pouted because Tony Kukoc was allowed to hit the winning shot for the Bulls, and Garnett, we watched years and years of Garnett when they had a chance to win a game in the last ten seconds, Garnett took the shot, and nine times out of ten, and hit the front rim, and it didn't go in. And now Butler's zero for twelve in those situations. Yet it's like,
0: okay, he's our star. We got to let him take the shot. There's got to be a better idea. A hundred percent, Patrick. Yeah, I, you know, I understand that you know, you want your big, you want your best player to have the ball in his hands when when you need the biggest shot. And certainly Butler is. Their best player and their best clutch player, but, um, not only was that shot uh, terrible in terms of turnaround, fade away, contested, his foot was on the line. Yeah. So even if he hits this prayer, they're losing anyway. And so, um, there has to be a balance between wanting your best player to take the shot and then, but if it's not there, if you have to force something like that, there have to be other options available to him. To get somebody else a better look. Uh, you know, LeBron for, for a lot of his career was criticized for not wanting to take that shot and for passing it, but you couldn't blame him when he was giving it off to somebody who was wide open in the corner for three when the whole defense was collapsing around him in the paint. And I think that, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler wants to be that guy so badly and it's clear that Tibbs wants him to be that guy, but
2: I'm not sure he looks for the other option, though. I, he I, mean, no. I don't, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think you let him have the. He's going to shoot it, even if it's falling out of bounds.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing, Patrick, is that okay if if, if Jimmy Butler had like 38 that night and yeah. was feeling it, you know? Uh, okay, maybe you say, "Hey, just do what you got to do to get a good look and, and take the shot yourself because you're you're in the zone." But he was terrible uh, in that game. He's been. You know, as, for as much slack as Cat has gotten in the first two games, Jimmy Butler hasn't been a whole lot better from an offensive standpoint. And so, uh, when, when you're struggling through that, when you have a sprained wrist, when you're still coming off of the knee, you gotta be smart. And you gotta know that if you don't have a good clean look, find somebody else that does, cause the, the, the odds of them making it are a lot better than what than what he had and when he when he tried to let that thing fly
2: okay i uh you know this is your beat uh, for the athletic you do other things for the athletic i don't want to put your head on the chopping block but yeah. if they lose in four who will be coaching the Timberwolves next season
0: yeah it's you know i i still think that with glenn not um you know never having that hair trigger uh he's he's tried to stick with guys for as long as possible i, I think tibbs will be back uh, he's got, you know, a bunch of ti He has three years left on his deal and a heck of a lot of money. Um, but, you know, I, I do know that it, the, it's, it's not cohesive right now between the head coach and the owner. And, uh, they are two totally different personalities and it, it's, it's, it could be, the, the relationship could be a lot better. So even though I, I, I don't see Glenn, pulling the trigger on Tibbs and and gassing him, I think that the two of them will have a sit-down after the season is over, and Glenn is going to ask some very hard questions and give some very, very high bars for Tibbs to hit next year or else uh, he's going to be on the hot seat.
2: All right, Johnny. Thank you for your time, sir. You bet, Patrick. John Krasinski, uh, uh, theathletic.com. You can find his coverage of the Timberwolves and other matters and we shall return.
0: And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day.
3: Rondo going away from the pick, trying to get there. He will. and the Pels regain the lead? Five on the shot by Rondo. Right in front of him. That's a deep one. Rush on Rondo! Do you believe it? Going to the hole thought he'd take the layup.
0: Instead, Rondo will, and he'll bank it home.
2: Uh, Manny? Yes, sir. Is there uh, anything as wonderful as sports? There's redemption available for everyone. Yes. Rajan <laughs> Rondo. Nobody has driven more coaches nuts in the NBA than Rajon or Rondo. Uh, of course, uh, was in Boston from 2006 to 2014. Helped uh, helped them win the championship in two thousand eight. Helped them get to the finals in two thousand ten. But uh, as you said, Doc, he drove Doc Rivers completely nuts. Yeah. Uh, he just uh, what was the what was always the problem? He just was going to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. He was kind and of he a, couldn't uh, shoot.
3: Yeah. He couldn't shoot. He kind of wanted to do his what you know what he wanted to do. He wanted to drive the car himself, and and that's why he and Rick Carlisle when he got traded to Dallas. Well, it didn't that, last long. Yeah, it did not last long. It was just that half a season. And he and Rick Carlisle were like oil and water. They didn't get along <laughs> at all. Because Rick Carlisle, he's kind, of, yes. he's kind of a more mild-mannered Tom Thibodeau. He kind of likes to have control and call all the plays and everything. And Rondo wants to do his own thing. And that marriage was not good. But, yeah, he, he's just... Uh, he he has he's one of those guys. He's really good. He's been good for a while, but he can sometimes wear wear out his welcome a little bit.
2: Uh, Forty six games in Dallas after the two thousand fourteen fifteen season. Before that, he'd had a he'd been in one place until he went to yeah. Dallas. Uh, since then, three teams, three years. Sacramento, two thousand fifteen sixteen. Chicago, 2016-17. And he actually had a good playoff series last year with the Bulls. Yeah, they, he played well in the, the, the playoffs. The Bulls were the
3: 8th seed last year with him and Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade. And they jumped up 2 nothing on the Celtics. And the Celtics came back and won. But yeah, yeah Rondo he, was the catalyst. He
2: played good. And then he ends up in New Orleans. It looks like kind of a desperate act when they got him. Because they were short in the backcourt. And uh, lo and behold... He has had a uh, terrific season, not just the terrific playoffs. And now, in one of the biggest surprises, first of all, the Pelicans lose Cousins. Yeah. And they make the playoffs. And not only do they make the playoffs, they make them as a, a sixth seed. They're now up three games to none against uh, Portland. And the guards... Rondo and Holiday are basically eating up Lillard and McCollum. Yeah. And last night, they uh, take the uh, 3-0 lead. Another great game. Uh, Miritich uh, also scored 30 points off the bench. They win 119-102. And uh, another uh, great game for uh, Rajan Rondo. Last night, he gets... Uh, I wrote the numbers down here. Where the heck were they? He's... Uh, he last night he's uh what uh, 11 assists no 9 he's uh last night he's 7 for 12 11 assists two steals, 16 points game 1 he had 17 assists game 2 he had 9 assists anything is possible yeah. anything is possible KG he's uh 32 years old uh you'd seem it seems like he's even older than that yeah. but uh he's uh you know he's redeemed himself Alvin Gentry who's Coached a lot of basketball players. Yes, he has. What's this, about job six for him?
3: Gosh, Detroit, uh, Phoenix. Yeah, there's, yeah. He's been around. He's been around a while. Says,
2: smartest player I've ever been around. <laughs> uh, Rick Carlisle and uh, Doc might be spinning yeah. when they hear that. They might that. disagree. <laughs> but Alvin said he's the smartest player he's ever had. Tubby he loved he com- him when he was
3: at Kentucky, yeah. too. because He comes into the huddle
2: and tells them, they, they said he comes into the huddle or he's on the bench. He gets into the huddle and tells them exactly what's going to happen with the next team down the floor, well, how they're going to play defense, how they're going to play offense. Rajon Rondo, boy, you know what? There's a lot of things. Being up 3-0 and in the playoffs. Affirms this amazing uh, comeback he's made with his coach and his team. But just think how proud he's going to be when he gets the Sports Person of the Day certificate. Right. Uh, been an all-star a few times. Great yes, talent. Great talent. He even drove KG and the boys crazy there at times. Yeah, right?
3: yeah, he did. Although he and KG, I guess, are really are really good. The 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 one dynamic of that Boston group was he and Ray Allen did not get along at all. And that was part of the reason why Ray Allen ended up leaving Boston and going to Miami, and they were all mad at Ray they because he went Ray to, wanted to
2: They wanted Ray wanted him to
3: throw him to ball more or what? I think so, yeah. And well, you know, he and Rondo did not get along. When they
2: play game four, that will be Rajon Rondo's 100th NBA playoff game. Wow. So he's had a pretty good career. All right. We uh, shall return with Johnny Height and then on action pack late hits followed by the Friday feel-good thought for the day, or the week. Johnny Height not the most consistent churchgoer that ever lived. But you can't beat good gospel music. No, can you, you cannot. You cannot. And Jerry Lee Lewis is one of the great uh unknown gospel singers of all time. Yeah. He he's one of them southern guys that he he has everything. He yes. knows how to do every kind of music. And all. of course he's cousin of Jimmy Swagger. Of course. My cousin yeah. of Jimmy Swagger. And so. Mickey Gilly, those three. Yeah, guys that's grew right. Up Mickey together. Gilly, and there's a some really good uh duets when you go look at yes. the YouTube of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis and uh, Mickey Gilley. Mickey Gilley was underrated. Yeah, very good. Yes. Very good.
4: Uh, it's sunny and 52 degrees. This update sponsored by La Quinta Inns and Suites. How do you win on the road? Stay at La Quinta Inns and Suites. Enjoy stylish lobbies and exciting room renovations. Book now at LQ.com. The Minnesota Wild, of course, are in Winnipeg this evening, and they're trying to keep their season going. The Jets lead the best-of-seven playoff series three games to one. There's playoff basketball tomorrow night in Minneapolis for the first time in a long time. Wolves down two games to none in their best-of-seven playoff series against Houston. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns, he's taking a little bit of heat for his play in the first (laughs) two games. Today, he told reporters, nah, he doesn't really know anything about that. Not big in social media, I mean... Uh, I guess I got in a little, doing a little more this
3: year than I usually have, but a lot of times it's not even something that I'm putting up. <laughs> um, I, I just don't do social media. I, I live my life very, you know, uh, Amish-like. You know, I, I kind of just, I'm, I kind of, other than video games, I don't
2: think I have a reason for electronics. <laughs> Amish like he, he was also said Amish like I love that. We got to get him a horse
3: yeah. <laughs> and a cart. He's a character. There's no doubt about it. He's a good kid too. They yeah. need they good
4: They need him to play better tomorrow mm-hmm. night. That is a six thirty start tomorrow night at the Target Center. Twins open up a weekend series against the Rays down in Florida tonight. Lance Lynn pitches for the Twins. Uh, They get the ace from Tampa Bay. Chris Archer goes for the Rays. Twins lineup, Dozier, Maurer, Sano, Rosario, Morrison, Escobar, Kepler, who's playing center field tonight, Uh, Grossman's in right, and Castro, Kepler's knee is fine from all reports.
2: Castro again. Let's let the other kid catch. Let's see if somebody can get a hit. Uh mm-hmm. overrated man. I, well, Especially in a you know, manager Kelly on Tuesday didn't seem to really embrace the whole pitch framing no. pitch framing. Day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He telling us about the uh, laugh they had with Stelly at their last uh, meal with him. <laughs> yeah. I have Friday. to go back and listen to TK from oh, Tuesday because I missed oh, him. Oh yeah, it's Tuesday you got to listen to. It. Well, he was
3: classic. Yeah.
2: Uh, it was uh, pretty good. stuff about Leroy Smith, the former Twins pitcher, was
4: fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Phil Hughes activated from the disabled list to start Saturday or Sunday, excuse me, against Tampa Bay. He hasn't started the majors since May twenty first of last season. Uh, he was two and down. Down at uh, Class A Fort Myers with the 2.70 ERA. His most recent start was last Saturday through five shutout innings, three hits, no walks, four strikeouts. He threw 61 pitches in that game. Then threw a bullpen today in order to stay sharp for that Sunday start.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they they probably won't a- activate him till Sunday though. Sunday, right? right correct. Yeah. yeah.
4: Uh, Minnesota United in action this weekend. You will hear it right here. Come
2: on, let's go, Loons. We're one and three. Let's go here.
4: They'll be in Seattle to play the Sounders on Sunday. Pre-match two thirty. Kickoff is three o'clock, and you'll hear it right here on
2: fifteen hundred. ESPN. you know what soccer does that basketball uh, that baseball doesn't do. Hmm. They pay attention to the weather. And they, uh, I think our boys have only had, this. the first five games, only one at home, right? I think one. I think only right? one at home, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, unlike baseball. Ah, let's let those twins <laughs> home for 10 days in April. What the hell? Yeah. The NFL
4: announced today uh, Vikings linebacker Kentrell Brothers has been suspended four games. He violated the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. Brothers was a 2016 fifth-round pick, uh, mostly a special teamer, picked up 13 total tackles as a special teamer. All right,
2: baseball, you get a hundred game. Oh no, you get eighty games. You get half the season now, right? When mm-hmm. you get popped. Mm-hmm. Uh, football, they still get twenty five percent of the season. Why is that? I wonder. Because yeah, baseball gets much more abuse about that than uh, than uh, football does. And if you're in the
3: NFL, you probably. Wouldn't mind sitting out four games, and, you know, <laughs> keeping your body from getting yes. all beat up over the course I don't know of the what this
2: guy's status is on the roster, though, if this puts him in bad stead uh, as far as uh, being part of the team. The Eagles and quarterback Nick Foles
4: have agreed to a reworked contract. Really? Hmm. Yep. Restructured deal. It includes a $2 million signing bonus, incentives if he starts and hits certain benchmarks, and a mutual option for 2019. Foles was in the final year of his contract. was scheduled to make a base salary of four mil this year. Of course, uh, as we all know, he stepped in for Carson Wentz last year, guided the Eagles to their first Super Bowl win. Do we know how much uh, the uh, the without the two million what he's getting? Do we, uh, we don't. Uh, the story seemed to hint that perhaps he was still making the four mil, but this will give him two million more as mm-hmm. the bonus. So well, he must like it there. Yeah, well, yeah. And he figures, you know. All due respect to Carson
3: Wentz. Carson Wentz could get hurt again, and he'll yes, be right uh, back in there starting uh, okay, again. Uh,
4: Former NFL running back Amon Green avoids jail time with a plea agreement that dismissed a felony child abuse charge. The 41-year-old Green pleaded no contest to criminal damages to property and disorderly conduct. He received 18 months probation. Brown County, Wisconsin Sheriff's Office arrested Green last June after he was accused of striking his daughter in the head. In a statement, Green said he entered the plea to spare his daughter the emotional trauma of trial. Green played 12 NFL seasons, including eight with the Packers. He remains Green Bay's career rushing leader. Is
2: that right? Yeah, it surprised me, too, when I first Uh saw it. 8,322 yards. I saw him as a freshman running back uh, down in Lincoln against the Gophers and they haven't touched him yet. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't land a club on him that day. And Golden State Warriors guard
4: Steph Curry is making progress from that grade 2 left MCL sprain. He'll begin taking part in portions of practices starting tomorrow. Uh, he will uh, not play, though, for the next week at least. He'll be reevaluated one week from tomorrow. He has traveled with the team on the last two road trips, underwent his second re today, indicated he's ready to increase his on court rehabilitation. Uh, Golden State, right now, with the 3 0 lead in its first round playoff series against the Spurs. He's expected to return to action during the second round. Assuming they make it, uh, the key to the Warriors reaching the NBA Finals for the fourth straight year, they say, is a healthy Curry, who's missed the team's last thirteen.
2: All right, Johnny, years. we got to get to that traffic man. He'll uh, want to uh, get in here pretty quick. Here, the new traffic man. Well, I'm I'm filling in for you. <laughs> that was the jump, John. Oh, I
4: get he it. Missed the jump. I got it. Taking the ride
2: with Royce. Where are we going? No, don't
4: tell me. Let me guess. On
0: fifteen
4: hundred ESPN. The ride with Royce now continues. Personal file, 69. Offense. He was giving them the business.
3: It's time for Late Hits.
2: Uh, Dave Benz has tweeted out uh, this is a lot of fun go to Dave Benz's uh, Twitter account uh, and actually I retweeted it too I think Manny did we probably Mm -hmm. all did a total of 131 players have logged minutes for the Timberwolves (laughs) since their last home playoff game in 2004 here's what's amazing Manny told me this I called him a liar the guy (laughs) who has played the most regular season games for the Minnesota Timberwolves, since they last had a home playoff game, Gorg, Georgie, Gorgie Gang, 378 games. Uh, <laughs> beating uh, Kevin Love, 364. Ricky Rubio, 353. Here's another one I wouldn't have believed. Corey Brewer, fourth, yeah. 337. Corey had two
3: different stints.
2: Andrew Wiggins, 329. Peck, 271. Of course, Peck would have been over 500 if, uh, yeah. and, you know, uh, top 10, Shabazz. Carl Anthony Towns. How about this? Ryan Gomes, 240.
3: Part of the KG tree. played there. Yeah. And
2: uh, Trenton Hassel. Craig Smith. Craig mm-hmm. Smith's like 13th. That's amazing. She falls off in a hurry. Of course, Marco Yarrick. Who would, Who was that trade?
3: Marco Yaric? No, Marco Yarrich. Who was that trade? That was uh, our old buddy McHale sending uh, Sam Cassell and a protected first-round pick to the Clippers to get for Marco, Marco Yarrick. He thought
2: Marco was going to be a player. Yeah, yeah. Marco was married to the hot
3: supermodel, though, right? Marco there. got a six-year contract, I think, for $40 million, which Ooh, back then was a lot of money.
2: Baby. Uh, the guy who's played the fewest games, Justin Patton, who won't be playing again for a while. Tall guy, seven footers oh. with bad feet. We don't, we don't like that. I
3: forgot to ask Johnny K about that. I didn't realize that
2: Andy yeah. uh, Eby uh, only played two games for them. Yep, he only played two games. Although he might have played more before this list started coming out. He might have played the. I think he, did, well, because his rookie year was the last time they
3: made the playoffs. Oh, okay. So and I think oh, okay. he played like the last game of the regular season okay. or something like
2: that. A land up Tucker. You got to look at this list though. There's some, uh... remember when uh, the 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 T-S-K-L-I-T-S-H-V-I-L-I oh, guy. I
3: got with... it for you. Nicholas Vili. Remember
2: when he was going to yes. be, uh, this guy, oh, he yeah. really, he's a six foot ten power forward. He's going to be another Dirk. Oh, yeah. He was going to be another Dirk. It is a fantastic list. Check it out. Jeff Adrian. I don't remember him. Boy, there's Kevin Ollie's
3: on that list, too, the former UConn yes. coach. Yeah. You
2: know what uh, I love to do every year? I get my twins. If I'm sitting at home at night and there's nothing to do, and I got my twins press guide for the year, the printed one, I go through the roster every year, <laughs> you know, because they got him by A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I, and you know, nobody knows more about Twins history than me, except Clyde Deppner, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his job. Uh, but uh, it's always saying, wait a minute, who's he? I even <laughs> always have a couple like that. Okay, for some reason today, and I don't know why, uh, I looked up. I was wondering about gin, and it was not because I want to have a drink, even though that was my drink drink of choice. But I wanted to see what the history was of gin, where okay. it came from. All right. It, the first confirmed date for the production of gin is the earliest 17th century in Holland. Uh, there are claims that it was produced prior in Italy, but we're going with Holland. It was produced as a medicine and sold in chemist shops to treat stomach complaints, gout, and gallstones. To make it more palatable, the Dutch started to flavor it with juniper, which had medicinal properties of its own. And, of course, that is the uh, the driving force of it. But here's what I liked. Uh the British troops fighting in the Low Countries during the Thirty Years' War were given gin, and it was called Dutch courage to get ready to have to get in the fight. <laughs> get full of gin and attack, boys. That Dutch was uh, what courage. they did That's back awesome. then. I can, uh, I can go along with that one. That's uh, fantastic. Earl Bruce has died, the uh former Ohio State football coach, also Iowa State football coach, uh won eighty-one games in nine seasons for the Buckeyes wasn't enough. <laughs> they uh <laughs> they ran him out of there. Uh he was uh Urban Meyer, whose first collegiate job was at a grad grad assistant uh during the 1986 and 87 uh, said he was a mentor and a friend, Earl Bruce. Uh, I remember him sitting in there, freezing to death during those uh, Michigan games on the sidelines, and uh, they were uh, they were not happy uh, because, of course, he didn't quite win enough. But Earl Bruce, uh, well remembered in uh, in uh, at Iowa State, uh, where he had a lot of success, which isn't easy. But uh, Earl Bruce has died at age of 87. Uh, there's going to be uh, a football summit among Minnesota high school football coaches uh, May 5th at Moundsview High School. The primary purpose of the summit is to gather uh, leaders uh, at the youth and high school levels to develop a plan for short and long term action to benefit and enhance football programs across the state. Uh, Ron Stolsky, of course, the uh, endless uh, Brainerd Warriors head coach and executive director of the Minnesota Football Coaches Association. Uh, They call it the Keepers of the Game Summit, and it will enhance the game and educate coaches, program leaders, and moms as to the essence of the experience that football can give. Uh, Of course, it's all about numbers, trying to keep uh, kids playing football, and it is not easy in these times That is for sure. So uh, we got to uh, have the uh, Friday fun, no, we call it the Friday fun fest feel good thought for the week, right? Yes, yep. And uh, we we should probably save enough time to do that. Thank you very much to the, by the way, oh, I I wanted to mention this too. I, I wrote a long blog on this. St. Paul and Winnipeg, this is not. The North Stars never had a series with Winnipeg. Right. They were both in the league together for fourteen years. They were and then the North Stars. Was left. there ever much of a rivalry 19, with nah, them? Not, they not really? were They were in the Smythe Division, and okay. we were in the Norris most of that time. Mm-hmm. And they kept getting bumped off by Edmonton. You know, they had some good. So they games were kind they kept, of
3: in the yeah, Edmonton Calgary. They were. They
2: were both in the Western Conference, but uh, okay. It, the funny thing is, in those 14 years, of course, there was only 21 teams and 16 of them went to, the, <laughs> went to the playoffs, but Winnipeg missed the playoffs four times and the North Stars missed the playoffs three times, but they never both missed the playoffs. So only seven of the 14 years were they both in the playoffs mm. where they could have played each other and they would have had to advance. And, uh, of course, the Wild, this is their first playoff ever with Winnipeg. But... 1973 first year of the wha okay fighting saints winnipeg first playoff series ever for the fighting saints against winnipeg winnipeg had bobby hull the uh, saints had not brought in mike walton and dave keon and those guys yet so uh it well, was
3: Boudreaux had been uh, playing for the Boudreaux was team. not there yet Wasn't either. Yet. Okay. It
2: was a uh, five game uh, victory for Winnipeg, uh, Bobby Hall and uh, those guys. The Saints had to win the hockey version of a game 163 to make the playoffs. <laughs> they ended up tied for fourth with the Alberta Oilers, which they were called uh, when Edmonton first had a WHA team, uh, the Alberta Oilers and they had to play a playoff game, and they played it at the neutral site of Calgary, mm. and uh, Mike Antonovich got the uh, tie-breaking goal, and the Saints advanced to the playoffs with a 4-2 victory, almost as emotional as the Timberwolves' victory over Denver. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> 1973, the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Fighting Saints had a playoff series, and of course, this we had a big Winnipeg-St. Paul connection because... The big event of the Winter Carnival for years was the 500-mile snowmobile race from Winnipeg to St. Paul. Oh, yeah. So okay, uh, yeah, we yeah. were connected that way, too. So, All right. I, this is going to be a great rivalry no matter what happens tonight. And we'll be back. The- Manny. Hill, what is your uh, Friday feel-good
3: thought for the week, sir? Uh, very quickly, before I get to that, okay. uh, I just want to remind the listeners, a uh, new Raised by Wolves episode with myself and Derek James is up now. I uh, just recap the first two playoff games with the Houston Rockets, tried to make sense of why Cat is struggling right now, and looked uh, looked ahead a little bit to the future of what they need to do this offseason as well. So check that out, 1500ESPN.com, Podcast One, iTunes, all that good stuff. And Patrick, my feel good thought to kind of segue off of that is, uh, you know what? They're probably not going to win this series, but I think it's good to have some playoff basketball at Target Center again.
2: Yeah, it would be nice if they, uh, give it a stout effort in game three, like they gave in game, game. game one, because game two was disgusting. Yeah. Uh, although I didn't it was so disgusting, I watched about seven minutes of it. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was brutal. I watched the baseball game. And when you watch a, 16-inning baseball game instead of an NBA playoff game. It's got to be terrible, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, here's my uh, Friday feel-good thought of the week. We have discovered a great talent for our guy Reavers. We wondered what it was beyond hosting the beer show what, it, what and and sampling the product. Mm. What uh, <laughs> What was his strength? Well, he is a savant when it comes to Mock schedules for the NFL yes. for the second straight year. He nailed he hit it again. Twelve out of sixteen. Unbelievable. He basically is a mocking schedule genius, and uh, it's uh, it 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 makes me proud. Uh, now, my that pride didn't last long because then he drove to Winnipeg to see a <laughs> hockey game that he doesn't really give a damn about.
3: You yeah, know. Well, if he had just and and I remember he he tweeted out he kind of was kicking himself for getting the the Miami and Buffalo games. For the Vikings uh-huh. uh, reversed. He, if he had reversed those, then he would have uh-huh. damn near nailed it. But, yeah, he did a great job again.
2: And my other Friday feel-good thought for the week is I'm glad that Heather Fleck got it off her mind and got out there on Twitter and uh-huh. uh, and uh, told the world what she uh, thinks of uh, some of my really humorous tweets. But uh, <laughs> that's, that's fine. I think this is great. And, if, and, and, and the fact that it, it's out there, that's wonderful. Let's, let's have a good time. Got us another Mackie and Judd poll. That's right. Got yeah. us a Judd poll. And we honored Dark Star on his the 76th, second anniversary of his birth by saying, Should Ricey get fired? So. <laughs>